0: The bench.
1: We were on our way to her place when one of their employees and friends called me and he said, where are you at?
2: In episode four, we learned that while treasurer comptroller Rita Crundwell was being arrested in Dixon, Illinois, Leonard and Lee Berryhill were on the road heading her way.
1: And I said, well, I'm north side of Kansas City heading your way. And he said, don't go to Dixon.
2: But back at their ranch in Tallala, Oklahoma, a mailman was dropping off their mail. And in that mail was a letter from Rita Crundwell.
1: Rita owed me almost $8,000. And we had the check. was in our mailbox that day. She was always real good about paying. If, if she hadn't received an invoice, she was calling us. She, ought, she liked to be paid up early. She didn't have our invoice in hand. She'd call and say, where's my invoice? I owe you such and such amount of money. And we sent a boy that worked for us to the bank with that check and 20 minutes earlier, they had frozen the credit cards, checking accounts and all that stuff. So she had no money and so we didn't get our check cashed. And it was, like I said, almost $8,000.
2: But Leonard and Lee still had Rita's horses to take care of. And just like Rita's bank accounts, those horses were now the property of Dixon, Illinois.
1: The U.S. Marshals threatened us that if we didn't take care of these horses the way that they had been taken care of, we could be put in jail.
2: Leonard called the U.S. Marshals and asked them to reimburse him for taking care of Rita's
1: horses. You have to be paid to be able to buy your horse feed, buy your horse hay, buy your horse bedding for their stalls, buy everything that we need and it includes our own food.
2: And the marshals said they would, but the checks never seemed to arrive.
1: I'm not saying they're bad people, but they didn't know what they had gotten into.
2: And for Leonard and Lee, things were about to get much, much worse.
3: The U.S. Drought Monitor says more than 90% of Oklahoma is experiencing extreme to exceptional drought, up from 71% last week. John... It
1: hadn't rained in 90 days. It was 114 degrees in the shade in my barn. The wind was blowing 25 miles an hour out of the south and there was no green. When you step on a a patch of Bermuda grass, it would just blow out from under your feet. It was more like Arizona than Oklahoma. It was August, so almost five months that we had been feeding them out of our own pocket and it was hurting bad.
2: So Leonard called the marshals one more time.
1: I lost my shit. I'm glad I wasn't face-to-face with him because I, I was literally, out of my mind, angry. I said, this is the very last day that I'm feeding these horses. It's 114 degrees in, in the shade until all the wind's blowing the grass off off the ground. We don't have water, we don't have feed, and that's exactly what they're going to get from this second on. I don't care what you do. We got to have money to feed these horses. We almost went bankrupt, so I probably wasn't real happy with Rita Cronwell at that moment.
0: Federal prosecutors now claim that Rita Cronwell not just stole 30 million bucks from the city of Dixon, but $53 million. $53
4: million. I see you with your tangled
3: hair. It was easy to see how this horse empire motivated her.
1: World champion, good I will be. Just a beautiful horse, 16 hands, 1,400 pounds, of good guy. A lot of the community was now just outraged, and we took the brunt of their anger. How can you sit through all these council meetings knowing that there's things that the city needs while at the same
0: time buying horses, vehicles, all these things for herself?
3: If you had a chance to pursue your passion at someone else's expense, would you do it?
2: I'm Alexa Burke, and this is Crooked City, Dixon, Illinois.
4: Burn it down the whole city child. Burn it down and let
2: everything side. Sweet revenge through your song and feed revenge long by Chapter 6 a good horse is hard to find.
0: We have sort of a general rule in forfeiture that if it eats or it breathes or it can reproduce or it can die, we generally don't seize those type of assets.
2: But in the case of Rita Crendwell, eating, breathing, reproducing horses were some of her most valuable assets. So it was U.S. Marshal Jason Wadillo's job to seize them and sell them.
0: We certainly didn't want horses disappearing, particularly the higher-value horses. They contained stolen money. The FBI had done some preliminary surveillance, which indicated that Crenwell had 100 American quarter horses.
2: But those were just the horses the FBI had observed on Rita's ranch. Rita had other horses all over the country.
0: So I was deploying deputy U.S. marshals all over the country to put eyes on horses, to scan chips that were embedded underneath the fur of horses, try to identify them. In the end, I believe it was 22 farms in 13 states that had horses. And they stretched from Arizona to Connecticut, from North Dakota down to Florida, Texas, and everywhere in between. there are very few people out there that have the number of horses that Rita had. In fact, at the time, the only person that had a similar size herd was Terry Bradshaw.
2: Terry Bradshaw, the two-time Super Bowl MVP and NFL Hall of Famer, had fewer than 100 quarter horses. Jason soon figured out that Rita had a lot more than that.
0: When all was said and done, we had over 400 horses.
2: Jason then traveled to Rita's ranch in Dixon to see if there was anything else of hers he could sell.
0: You get 90 miles outside of Chicago. Um, It is truly farmland and, you know, Dixon, small town of 15,000 people in the heartland of America.
2: Jason pulls up to Rita's ranch and parks his cruiser next to a barn with an attached arena. He stretches his legs and scans Rita's 88 acres knowing that this was only one of five properties she owned. He walks into Rita's 28,000-square-foot horse barn, passing beneath a huge RC painted above the entrance. Inside, he counts almost 40 stables. There's an office and an air-conditioned laundry room. Then, Jason heads to the tack room, where Rita kept all the stuff you need to ride a horse. Stacks of neatly folded blankets, spurs, saddles and bridles, some with gold plates engraved with her name. Lastly, Jason takes a look at Rita's trophy room.
0: It was a very modern country showroom. Bigger than probably my house. And it was full to the brim of nicely displayed trophies and belt buckles and photographs and saddles. It was shock and awe. I mean, she had trophies on the rafters. I was determined that whenever she got out of prison, that I didn't want her to have those trophies.
2: There's a kitchen, a bar, and bathrooms with granite countertops.
0: She had her own dishware with her initials. She actually had, um, you know, her logo RC that was a part of the floor that was put in in tile. It was very clear when I walked into her trophy room that wow, this is really what motivated the theft. It wasn't about necessarily the animals themselves as much as it was her ego. One of the items we seized out of her trophy room was an autographed football by none other than Terry Bradshaw.
2: There was also an autographed t-shirt on which Bradshaw had written, Rita, you're the best.
0: You can bet that I was hell-bent on trying to track down every last asset with the objective of returning as much money as possible to the city of Dixon. So we're going to have the auction on the ranch and it's going to be the Willie Nelson-like concert Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up,
5: The Conspiracy Tapes.
1: It's kind of like a state fair with food vendors and, and some people come to buy and some people come to watch. It's, it's the biggest event in the horse world for, for many, many years.
2: On September 23rd, 2012, People came from around the world to Rita Crundwell's ranch in Dixon, Illinois to try to buy a little or a lot of what Rita had stolen. Inside it looks like a festival. There's food vendors and a ton of people. I'm an ex-Dixonite and I'm hoping Dixon gets back as much money as it can. Every hotel room within miles was sold out. More than 3,000 bidders registered. The auction had shuttles to take people to and from the ranch. Here into guns and how high
5: this is! This is the auction to be at.
2: In the barn, people check out Rita's horses and go through her blankets, bridles, and saddles. There's even horse semen up for auction.
1: If it had an RC on it, and I'm talking about a blanket, a rock, uh, a piece of iron, it brought three times what it was worth. Reused, and it was, I'm just going, holy cow. It was a circus.
2: Leonard Berryhill had driven 600 miles to the auction, but he was here to buy just one thing, Rita's champion stallion, Good I Will Be.
1: There's not very many horses in the world that you become attached to, but that's one.
2: However, Leonard wasn't the only bidder for Good I Will Be.
3: I saw him showing at the All-American Court of Horse Congress show in Ohio, and he was just the coolest horse, just effortless.
2: This is Sandra Morgan. She had just won almost $40 million in a Canadian lottery. She and her horse trainer, Stephen Stevens, had heard about Rita's auction.
5: And uh, I remember saying to her, God, we should buy, uh, good I will be, and da, da, da.
3: Totally. I phoned my husband and told him that we needed to buy this horse and that it was going to be about 300 grand or something like that. He's like, okay, well, it's That's cool. Do it. It was funny. (laughs) It
5: was funny.
2: (laughs) Sandra and Stephen fly to Chicago, then drive to Dixon.
3: They had bridges that were broken and they couldn't repair, and roads that, uh, you know, had splits in them and you couldn't drive on them. The town was in pretty rough shape.
2: Oh, you could tell that when you went.
3: Yes. Oh, yeah.
2: The next day, they arrive early at Rita's ranch.
3: I just remember horses everywhere. Murals of all of her horses on the horse trailers, the buses. um, And all of her showholders had, like, real diamonds and real rubies and blue sapphires and just, like... A hundred English bridles. I do remember going and finding
5: Good I Will Be in his stall. And there was this lady that was dressed up like Annie Oakley, a leather coat with all the fringe, and she, like, had the clipboard. So you knew you were looking at the prize jewel. He was absolutely
1: gorgeous, and I've been doing this for 30 years, and I can tell you, I've never started a horse sale with one as good as this
2: one. An auction stage had been set up in the middle of a ring under a large tent. People crowded onto temporary stadium seating to get a peek at Rita's famous horse. Sandra and Stephen sat not far from Leonard Berryhill.
1: It, it was really emotional. It was when they led him in. Uh, it's uh, it's a little emotional. It's a little emotional for me sometimes, not like right now, uh, to remember.
0: When
5: you sit at an auction, and, you know, if you're going to bid on the 13th horse, you, you kind of go through the 8th, the 9th, the 10th, and so you kind of get your sea legs and your momentum going. He was the first one to go. Oh, yeah, we were really excited. This started out, and it was like,
3: boom!
1: People were hollering and raising, screaming, raising their hands and bidding. It's quite loud. It's quite boisterous.
4: I watched it on the iPad while I was riding in the outdoor arena.
2: Leonard's wife Lee had stayed back on their ranch in Oklahoma.
4: We had someone that would buy Willie Good I Will Be up to...
5: 500,000. It was like 100, 200,
4: 300, 400, 500. Yeah, we jumped it at like
1: 500,000, something in there.
4: And so once it went over that, then I was crying because I thought we'll never see him again.
5: Sandra's like nudging me. Me and Sandra are sitting together and her husband Dave is he's just pacing and uh, for a while Dave was nodding his head like yup 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 and then all of a sudden he kind of stopped nodding and he just looked at me like i don't know i want him i want him my blood was pumping it was such a high it outdid any drug anything I mean it was amazing
0: $725, $750, $750, $750, $750. the
5: bannering kept going back and forth trying to get another dime out of it
3: I'm like well I am not I am not it out now
0: I've got 775 thousand a years.
3: I don't
1: care how much he spend, He's one of the highlights of the world right now. As he's with all the publicity, he's getting seven seventy-five. I have sold him seven hundred
3: seventy-five thousand dollars. It's kind of an out-of-body experience. Just um, elated. Just kind of like floating on clouds. <laughs> almost like I felt when we won the lottery.
1: It was, you know, it was kind of, it was hard. It was, it was just hard to see your friend auctioned off, you know? The reason I pause is I, I get memories here and that's, and that's, that's, that's about it for the sale. I mean, It was a show.
2: Back on the ranch in Talala, Lee is waiting to hear from Leonard. I'm upset.
4: That was the hardest part. I mean, of course, I was sad for Rita, for Jim, for everything but him. That was the most. Yeah.
2: But then, Stephen Stevens pulls Leonard aside.
1: Stephen Stevens was Sandra's uh, right-hand man at that sale and, and, and pretty much an advisor for her. And he asked me, would you take Willie home from here and and get him ready and show him at the Congress of the World Show? I said, heck yeah, I'll do it.
5: Leonard had great success with them, And it was like, why recreate the wheel? We all came to an agreement to send him back to Leonard and Lee Berryhill because they were the people that had him before, you know, before the feds confiscated him.
4: Leonard calls me and he goes, you won't believe it, I'm bringing Willie home. And I'm like, what? How? And he goes, they want me to show him.
1: They sent him back home with me. I took him home from the sale to my house.
2: After the last gavel fell and all of Rita's worldly belongings were sold... $10 million was brought back to the city of Dixon. And Leonard brought good-I-will-be back to Talala, Oklahoma.
4: It was the middle of the night by the time they got home. And I videoed him getting out of the trailer. We were all just very happy for him to be home. He was prancing and so excited. Got in his, he has a real big stall, and he just rolled and got just so excited to be home, you know, and winning. And, and so I did send that to Rita that night so she would know that he was at home. And she was happy.
2: It was only one month until the All-American Quarter Horse Congress in Columbus, Ohio. As they looked at Willie... Leonard and Lee wondered how they'd get him ready in time.
1: That is the biggest breed horse show in the world, and we go there with the best of the best. And he was fat and out of shape.
2: He
4: was really out of shape. I mean, so out of shape.
2: Leonard and Lee worked with Good I Will Be every day that month. And before they knew it, it was time to go to Columbus.
4: Once the trail ends,
0: we will be ready to walk right at the Western Mighty or in the performance are-
2: Leonard put on his cowboy hat, and Lee helped him with his chaps. He mounted Good I Will Be and rode him into the arena.
1: It's super quiet, and that makes me more nervous. I like to be in the big crowds, and and then that noise drowns out everything else. When you're out there and it's just dead quiet, every little sound is amplified by three. Good, I will be. Sired by a good machine. Out of Miss Trophy Dash by Hot Brothers Jensen. I was also remembering what, what my wife and I had been through to get here. Two years of drought. We had lived through that with no money, and uh, we kept this business afloat. The entry two ninety nine. Good, I will be. And I tied for first at the Congress. We got a trophy. 2012 was the most proud I was of him because it showed that we had done a good job on him. And he showed what he was worth right there.
4: He did his deal because he had a heart. Just a heart.
2: What has happened to Willie since then?
1: Oh, man. Here you go again. Here we go again. Ah. Steve and Stevens took him to Weatherford, Texas, where they were going to breed him. I hadn't had any communication with the horse, nor anybody about the horse, until Stephen came and grabbed me and said, "Hey, man, really just passed away." And so he had died. He it was a oh was it, and in his bladder that killed him. That's one of those things some horses die from that just you never know till it's already too late. It was nobody's fault that he died. It wouldn't He would have died no matter where he was. but I felt ill at her at Rita at the time. She didn't kill him and he, and he probably would have died at her house at the same day he died in Weatherford Texas. but it still made me feel rough.
4: I haven't spoke with her probably since Willie, you know. I think that that was our connection, was good I will be. And I think that she, uh, I'm just, I was sad for her. Not mad, not anything, just sad for her. And wish that um, probably just like her, she could do it all over again.
2: Next time on Crooked City, Dixon, Illinois. The town of Dixon is still pretty mad, but they're a little happier after former comptroller Rita Cunwell pleaded guilty today in federal court. Rita is sentenced.
1: We made eye contact when she walked in. Just something magical about seeing her with handcuffs.
2: And Dixon tries to get their money back.
1: Did
5: they ever teach you in accounting school that you should not have an intimate or personal relationship with a client? No.
1: I know that I must
2: choose. Unlock all episodes of Crooked City, Dixon, Illinois, ad-free right now by subscribing to the Binge podcast channel. Not only will you immediately unlock all episodes of this show, but you'll get binge access to an entire network of other great true crime and investigative podcasts, all ad-free. Plus, on the first of every month, Subscribers get a binge drop of a brand new series that's all episodes all at once. Unlock your listening now by clicking subscribe at the top of the Crooked City show page on Apple Podcasts or visit getthebinge.com to get access wherever you get your podcasts. Crooked City, Dixon, Illinois is a production of Truth Media in partnership with Sony Music Entertainment. The show is produced by Kenny Kusiak, Alyssa Mardine, Kevin Shepard, and Zach St. Louis. I'm Alexa Burke, your host and senior producer. Story editing by Mark Smerlin. Scott Curtis is our production manager. Fact checking by Danya Suleiman. Sound design by Kenny Kusiak and Alexa Burke. George Drabing Hicks did the mix. Music by Epidemic Sounds, Marmoset, and Blue Dot Sessions. Our title track is Sweet Revenge by Big Girl. Special thanks to Dr. Kelly Richmond Pope, director of the documentary All the Queen's Horses and accounting professor at DePaul University. You can check out her book, Fool Me Once, Scams, Stories, and Secrets from the Trillion Dollar Fraud Industry. Continue the conversation with us online by tweeting at Crooked City Pod. If you've enjoyed Crooked City, Dixon, Illinois, leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps other people find the show. And thanks for listening.